0: hi everyone this is the accidental life coach um podcast my name is danae and i am here with my best friend alexandria leak um, to talk about one of our most uh, or um a really kind of common conversation that we have and that is about race in america so uh alexandria would you like to introduce yourself to the audience
1: So much for having me today. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, and as you mentioned, I am your best friend.
2: That's right. I'm based here in Los
1: Angeles. So hello from the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, so I'm just happy to be here.
0: Good, 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 good. I'm happy that you are my first guest. Um, And um, yeah, and I'm happy to hear not only your insight regarding this subject, but how it um, intersects with, I know that you've spent some time in corporate America and um, doing different jobs, and I would love to hear your opinion about that as well. So yeah, let's get started. Okay, so my first question to you, Alex, is what do you think about race in America? take a big question wow <laughs> it's,
1: it's a huge question
0: exactly so complex um well like
1: you kind of touched on there uh about kind of my work experience so um just to give the audience a little bit of feedback i currently work um at nasa JPL. hmm um, on the basement so I've worked for really large employers like Roman and I've worked in the legal industry, I've worked for a law firm, I've worked with pharmaceutical uh, for a pharmaceutical company. Um, and I kind of bring all of that up because it it, when you, when you pose that question about racism in America, um, it, it actually brings to mind a very fresh, a very recent, um, conversation that I had actually just last night. Right. So in lieu of me, you know, working, um, in the aerospace world, now I'm also preparing to teach, um on the side like part front.
0: yay side note <laughs>
1: yay <laughs> and so I But anyway, she went to her teach at a class and a uh, couple of the students came up to her and they were like, oh, are you the teaching assistant? Are you
0: just... Whoa!
1: Like, and she's like, uh, no, I'm the professor. I'm the visiting professor. And so she, she made this comment and she said, you know people are so quick to just based on your outward appearance um you know box you and put you into a certain category right make all of these assumptions about you and i think that's what
2: race in america has done right
1: has essentially stripped us of a personal identity so guess I'm Alexander and I'm all of these wonderful things right um, on paper but then if you see me and you see that the color of my skin is black you will probably even dismiss the fact that I am all of those things but I'm just a black woman
2: right that's what race in America means is that
1: identity and group them into a box where you just belong to a certain set of stereotypes a certain set of characteristics if you will just because of the color of your skin and I think that's what race 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 in America means.
0: right absolutely absolutely I think that's crazy that they would automatically assume she's the teaching assistant like where where did that ever like where does that idea even come from that the teaching assistant would be black <laughs> or you know what I mean like
1: it's it's so crazy well what's really crazy is that now um she looks She, she's a mother, I think she has, like, two adult kids that are, like, in their 20s, so I'm, you know, I don't know her exact age, but let's just say she's over 40. So, um, but she, she was, you know, she said she was dressed, she was dressed casually or
2: whatever. Right. But
1: it it shouldn't matter, like, I just feel like it is very telling that you automatically assume someone is an assistant as opposed to the professor that's going to teach
0: you the court. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's a so little disheartening to say the least. So. It is. And I think, you know, one of the things about my program at Columbia that I was a little surprised about was really how much, or rather how little people had engaged with race prior to coming and really how little they knew, even at an institution that is is a part of like Ivy League and is supposed to be on a certain type of caliber. Like I kind of was not expecting such um, beginning or, um, you know, like surface conversations around race. I think that kind of surprised me a lot. Like I thought, in terms of the conversation of race, we were a little bit further along than I think what what we may really be as a as a society.
1: Yes, I I totally agree. Um, and you know what's also interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that um, you know, I know the question was, you know, race in America, but. Um, just recently so on Instagram I follow um, Misty Copeland
0: oh yeah
1: yes don't you love her I love her I'm trying to get a
0: picture of her in my uh, studio
1: (laughs) oh my gosh absolutely she's incredible so she's a uh, for the audience she's a principal dancer with the American uh, Ballet Theater and she is phenomenal she's incredibly talented um beautiful
0: and (laughs) fit. exactly (laughs) like most amazing (laughs) beautiful her like her range is ridiculous
1: (laughs) absolutely absolutely incredible so um just just i think within the last 24 hours 17 hours she um posted um she basically posted um a post of these two young ballerinas in blackface <gasps> why are
0: they in blackface
1: okay so they're in blackface because uh this is some type of russian
2: ballet La or something like that okay it's uh, it, uh
1: basically made a comment about how and of course how inappropriate
0: right um, completely inappropriate. inappropriate this is
1: you know kind of like why is this still happening but one of the comments that uh, you know you and I have been talking about this a lot uh, but one of the comments that I really liked Um, from one of, I guess, one of her followers. Um, Her name is Z underscore Heavenly underscore G. She says, I see, uh, but what does society only, but why, excuse me, but why does society only push the black narrative of slavery? That is most assuredly not the only narrative, yet that's the only one that's shown. Right. That oppressor should be reminded of the area of truth but we need to be reminded that our history didn't begin there, and that we are much more than that, much more. Um, so that's very powerful. And I right. think like this, like I said, this ballet is not, it's not an American ballet. Um, I think, again, I think it's in Russia, but it's like uh, another person was kind of like defending this this blackface and saying that oh they don't understand (laughs) right
2: right they
1: don't understand so um, this is what the person said sorry this is so 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 wrong and this doesn't make it okay but keep in mind the girls dressed like this should know should know better but they don't and have also been forced to dress like this and wear this makeup because of the company. So she's putting the blame back on the ballet company. Right. And she says that the people in power at the bowl show, whoever this company is, need to learn that this is wrong. And I love Missy's response. She says, I want to believe that this is true but we all live in the world and there's no way on earth with access to the media that we have, social media. Right. Educating it, exposing ourselves to the world that they would be blind and ignorant enough to know, to not know that this isn't acceptable. I'm tired of giving the oppressors the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> they need to be called. They need to be exposed right and then she goes on to say i have lived in the ballet world for 25 years i have silenced myself around them made them feel comfortable and suffered in silence right and she's like at 37 i feel ready and free to stop but i want to have you know blah, blah, blah. so it goes on and on but it's this is the issue <laughs> i know
0: you know it's so funny that you bring that up because i read a recent article um, I think in CNN or, or um, something really recently about um, Black Pete from the Dutch and how, and it's a Christmas character and how they were defending, uh, the Dutch people were defending their use of Black Pete um, who essentially is a African or voodoo character or something like that. And um, exactly. And the people who perform it are normally, you um, people part of the dominant group uh who are white and they um put on you know like like afro style wigs red lipstick and they're in you know essentially what everybody would easily identify as black race i mean at blackface excuse me and i think you know what i agree with misty copeland not that that hold on a second alex it seems like that um, that it's no longer okay because the world has so much information right now so it's like I, I can't give you a pass on not understanding how damaging blackface is to a particular community because this has been talked about for, a really long time, not only in American history, but around the world. And I find what's even more interesting is that if people say to you, that hurts my feelings, don't do it. Why do you have to fight to do it? Like what, what is it about you or about the need to have to do it? Even if somebody is upset, like your right to do it trumps, other people's, no pun intended, other people's r- feelings and right to have autonomy over their own, um, you know, self. So I, I, just, it's a really interesting com- um, idea, and I noticed as well, like when I was doing, um, research for foster care and adoption, I noticed kind of the same energy. Um, I have a project about ICWA, which is the Indian Child Welfare Act, and I came upon this protest, um, and it's essentially about, um, it's a federal law that was passed in 1978 to give protection to um Native children. And so instead of sending them out of the community, which was happening at alarming rates, they're trying to make sure that Native children stay in Native communities. And what was interesting is, of course, non-Native people don't like the law and hate it and want it to be reversed. And then Native people were like, we need this law so what's interesting to me is if native people are telling you we don't want you to take our children why are you still insistent on taking their children
1: exactly 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 i for the life of me do not know the answer to that question i don't know why people insist that they don't get it but they should get it exactly like i yeah i think it's a farce to be honest with you i agree it's inappropriate you know that um you know what i mean you know Mm -hmm. that it's not right but because you have gotten away with so many um Atrocities, if you will. Right. I think is it kind of goes to the point of, you know, like the, the Chelsea Handler um, Netflix series. Right. White privilege, privilege. Right. You don't have, you know, it's like when you haven't been required, when you have not been required to. Uh, behave in a certain manner right? be cognizant of other people's feelings or uh, it's it's never been a priority really to do Mm -hmm. so then I think that's what it is they've never had to so it's kind of like oh now we can you know pretend to be
0: oblivious and right
1: disconnect
0: it from it so right I think I agree with you I think it's a really interesting human study to be honest with you and I would love for someone to study right. that type of thinking because it's a it's just a fascinating way to move in the world like someone goes no I don't want you to do this and you do it anyway and it's like, right. okay, how many times do people have to tell you, leave us alone? <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> or how many times like, do we have to tell you that blackface is highly um, inappropriate? Like, how many times? But I guess to your point, because people aren't losing their jobs, they're not suffering economic loss, they're not being socially isolated because of these actions, then they're given in a subconscious way, a go-ahead by society. And it's not to say that you want to socially isolate people or you want to fire them, but how do you give the message that this is inappropriate and this is no longer going to to work? And I find that also to be interesting. Did you see the recent Peloton ad?
1: No, I have not. Wait a minute, wait. Is that it's, it's the one... No, no, I'm thinking about an Under Armour ad. No, I haven't seen the recent Fellas ad. Please
0: share. Oh, okay. So it's not really about race. It's more about patriarchy. Um, but okay. I'm going to tie it in. So bear with me. So essentially okay. this, um, it looks like an upper middle class. She's, I think, her, because I know her name, I know that she's um, a white Hispanic. But if you, maybe if you didn't know her name, you would just think she was a upper-middle-class white woman. Um, her husband essentially buys her a Peloton bike. And, you know, the bikes retail for about $2,500. $2, $2, and then you need a monthly subscription to be able to get on it and uh, ride live with people around the country or the world. And so the commercial is about her journey going through, like, getting on the bike. So she's already a really thin woman and so she gets on this bike and she's like documenting her journey as if it was um youtube or um instagram live or something like that and um at the end she's like oh my god honey i'm so glad this transformed my life but the whole time she looks kind of desperate for approval and i think it's partly her the way she looks um just naturally in the ad, like she kind of has um, big, bold eyes, and and um, she does kind of give the appearance like frazzled or like looking for approval or something like that. Okay. Um, and then, um, so everybody was really upset about the ad because one, the it's a man giving an already thin woman an exercise bike. And then she's like desperate to be on this bike and she's on it every day and she's looking at the camera for like approval. So a lot of people thought it was like another sign of the patriarchy and it's like women don't have to fit into a certain size to um, be wonderful or to be of use and i really think people were attacking the entire ad in a lot of different ways like the home was obviously an upscale home because it had it you know it's knowing real estate prices the home was had to be expensive just given the floor to ceiling windows um and so everybody is up in a roar and gma covers it and then ryan reynolds hires the same actress to um to be in another video or commercial for his I guess his liquor line and she's with her friends at a bar and she's looking all depressed and they're like are you okay because of all the backlash that happened and she's like yeah yeah I'm good and she just keeps drinking her martini so yes So I understood why people were upset. I wasn't necessarily upset, but I did understand why people were upset. I think people are getting to, I think the over, I think that people are having enough of this whole system. And so any little thing at this point is like setting people off outside of the normal, like social media trolls like I, they're social media trolls they just love hyping stuff up but they think the underlining message is that people are kind of getting tired of white patriarchal values capitalistic, values. capitalistic values exactly and so i think that the peloton ad is exactly that right like a rich upper class white man with his really skinny modelly looking wife who is sitting at home all day dying to exercise on a stationary bike that costs $2,500 a month, or $2,500, and then you have an expensive monthly subscription. But what I thought was even more interesting is that Ryan Reynolds then hired her for another ad, and even though I'm sure in his mind, he's doing it as a, like, to make fun of or, like, to maybe make light of or to like um, respond in some way, thinking, hey, this is not a big deal, whatever. It just reinforces a rich white man having to come in and save the day or respond or like be a part of the conversation when there's no understanding of where this conversation or acknowledgement of where this conversation is coming from. And I say all that to say it's very similar with race. It's like people are getting tired of white supremacy, more or less. And the idea that there's only room for one type of person or one type of way of life. And I think all of this backlash that we keep hearing and the cancel culture and all this stuff, I think really it's a reflection of that, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. i just think that it's so interesting that that narrative kind of continues to be the primary narrative today the whole patriarchal like capitalist right (laughs) white man saves the day when um you know just like what we were talking about over the holidays like columbus
2: day Right.
1: That it's like, how does one race get such a
2: stake? Kind of, um,
1: <laughs> yeah, when you have a murky past, how is it that your race continues to be kind of um, elevated and glorified? Other races are vilified, but your race has committed the most, you know,
0: egregious and. I know the most cool egregious humanity, history. humanitarian. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, the environment and it? it's so much.
0: You y- know. It is, and you know, it's funny because it's like, um, I can actually answer that now because of my foundation <laughs> course. <laughs> And understanding white supremacy and anti-black racism. I think, you know, a lot of it, and I, you know, this is bold and may not sound very right, but I think it's really brainwashing. And it's kind of like racial Stockholm syndrome. It's like you hate your oppressor, but you love your oppressor all at once.
1: All at the same
0: time. Yeah, I think that when, in the future, I think there'll be more studies on that um like like I don't know if there'll be a name for it and maybe there is a name for it but I think there'll be more studies about like the effects of one races or groups domination over a bunch of people and how that works and what it's like to to dismantle that but it's really difficult because it's like during, throughout this course it's like you realize how embedded these ideologies are into people and even when people think that they're free from them even when they are like no 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 they don't bother me they'll either do something or say something that ultimately aligns with right. white supremacist ideology or values so it's like it's a really really it I don't think it's Complicated so much as people don't want to address it, but I think once it's addressed, I do think that it will be very enlightening because that is it's crazy to think that you know, statistically, there are all different types of people of color all around the world, and they statistically outnumber people who would identify as whatever white is because you know, white is a social archetype, so it's our creation, so it's like. What does that even mean but there's still way more people of color on the planet than there are not and for us all to be fighting this is a very interesting dynamic and an interesting point of conversation
1: exactly exactly exactly. um i think that it, well it reminds me of um the kanye west song where he said <laughs> hate ourselves but love their will right to the comment that you mentioned earlier about hating your oppressor but also kind of loving them or wanting to be like them at the same time um so it is like a kind of racist stockholm syndrome type of a situation
0: yeah it's crazy it i mean it, just the idea if like you were like oh let me fly to another planet and um run this by another species
1: <laughs> right
0: they'd <laughs> so be like what
1: the heck <laughs> exactly absolutely i think it's just so bizarre fortunate because it turned it then turns it kind of turns it back on us um to kind of backtrack track a little bit about um,
2: what I was saying about the whole Missy Copeland post or whatever right
1: so apparently there was this um there's this I, I, I think she's Russian this Russian ballerina who come in it and she said, "I'm sorry, but do you even know the history of this this, um, this act, La Baya dear, and um, in Russian history? Before thinking that every corner of the earth is surrounded by racism, get your facts straight." And <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Yeah,
0: I'm like, girl, get off her face. Okay? But anyway, I know, like she's like, <laughs> get like. Her- But number two, why
1: is it that if a minority speaks up against racism? Yeah. We're the, we're the issue. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm trying to... Yeah, well, I... Is that... Well, if... You're the, oh, you're being sensitive. Like with Black Lives Matter. But all lives matter. That's not what we're trying to say. We're trying to say... Right. Say that the opening of this is that you have stripped someone's identity as a human being. Not even Black, white, Jew, whatever. Right. You've you dehumanize them. Some, you de- thank you.
0: You have de- you and you're shooting them in the streets like animals.
1: Bingo, done.
0: That okay. is what's happening. Like, let's be that real. If you, That's as a police officer, aren't skilled enough to know the difference between an iPhone and a gun, yes. that means something's wrong with your eyesight, right? something's wrong with your skill set like you don't have the skills to manage this or you're just being you're just shooting for other reasons because your life is never going to be threatened per se by an iphone and if you can't take the moment or the beat To figure that out before you shoot a human being that probably means you don't really care if that human being lives or dies
1: exactly because their life does not matter right which
0: goes back to black lives matter
1: matter. that's, that's the whole point of that slogan and what that means it's not just saying oh we you know black people want a platform or anything like that right it's just saying hey wait this is someone's child this is a human being right this is someone's child this is a uh brother this is someone's brother this is someone's grandson this is a nephew this is a active participant in society this person is going to school or whatever,
0: whatever but they i mean be. but white supremacy makes it that that doesn't matter exactly. and what's even more interesting alex did you see that news report about the ups driver like the two black guys took over the ups truck and then the police just shot up the truck and killed a like a nice old man. I'm saying nice. The man might have not been nice. But <laughs> so an older man. And then the UPS driver who just so happened. It wasn't his route. And he was picking it up for somebody. They just. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, that's. that's too. This is what I find so fascinating about white supremacy. It is hurting them too. Not exactly. maybe as drastically or as obvious as us. Right, but it's hurting them too. You can't inflict that kind of trauma on people and not get it back to you in some way, shape, or form. So it's like the police, because they maybe saw two black, you know, a cell, assail- you know, people who were robbing a UPS drug, They didn't care. So they're just shooting it up to the people die, and then instead of being like, all we have to do is disarm them you know, flatten this car so they can't go anywhere, blah, blah, blah. And let's make sure that the hostage is alive. And, you know what I mean? Like, let's do this in the, in the smartest, most strategic way. Instead, they just shoot the UPS truck. And I don't have all the information. So I, I'll state that, you know, this is just what I've read and gathered from news reports. And there could be, you know, some things missing. There's going to be an investigation. But if we're just taking it on its surface, It goes back to um, dismantling white supremacy and like you mentioned black lives matter because if black lives mattered then even these criminal black men could have redemption which means you don't just blow out a UPS truck with guns And possibly exactly. save the hostage and not kill people around. And they're doing this kind of fire on a busy street. I think, excuse me, I think in Florida. This isn't like.
1: Yeah, so it could have potentially killed other innocent stand. Correct. Correct. I should say, um, that had nothing to do with it, but but just because they're like shooting randomly.
0: Exactly. Targeted, exactly. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Well, you know, it makes me think about the movie um, A Time to Kill.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, Matthew
1: McConaughey (laughs) and Samuel L. Jackson. And at the very end of the movie where he appeals to the jury to... You know, get Samuel O Jackson off um, for killing the uh, two white men who viciously, brutally raped and attacked his daughter. Right. Um, he, Sebastian so McConaughey, uh, the Caucasian attorney, <laughs> appeals to the all-white jury by saying, picture, imagine this young black uh, little tiny little girl I don't know how old she is right time, but let's say eight imagine in order for him to get them to show empathy yeah to show empathy but he had to change the race of the child he said imagine if she was a white girl your daughter that was that was the pivotal point right that allowed them to you know uh, exonerate Samuel L. Jackson so the point is goes back to black lives matter it was like it wasn't until the point that the author of the book or the director was trying to show there was that the life didn't matter until they were able to show or they were able to um cause the jury to empathize with the child by saying that Imagine her if she was white. Right. like, that was when they were like, oh, gosh, yeah, if this was my child, I would be, I would have shot this, I would have shot these
0: two goons. Right. I know. That was was vicious, too. Very vicious. So
1: it's just kind of like, that, that, it just speaks volumes to the fact that our lives have a lesser carry less weight
2: right?
1: in some ways you know what I mean and that's what the whole Black Lives Matter movement is about it's is just trying to say we're human beings too right
0: exactly I think you know Alex one thing that makes me kind of really sad is to see how much is taken away from us And in terms of opportunity and how the systems are so intentional, I'll be honest with you, before coming to this program, I knew they existed, you know, I've been, you know, my dad has talked about race and his favorite person is Martin Luther King Jr. Like I had a really good understanding of this stuff. What I don't think I realized is really how intentional The systems in this country were about um, inflicting pain on people of color like that surprised me. That was like, whoa, whoa, wait, that's against the Constitution. Isn't anybody stopping them? Like, I think that is what really made me sad and really was probably the most surprising um, to me as as a. A person, and just as an American, because it's like before it was before. You know, Trump recently has done this um, child, you know, snatching babies from their children. But before that, there wasn't really anything. There was stuff happening, um, but you know, of course, that's how mass incarceration happened. But we were growing up in that time, so it wasn't the same clarity as there is, you know, the after effects are starting to show more and more. So it's like, I don't know, I just did not think they were so intentional. And I think that's one of the surprising things I had coming in this semester. And now I'm very clear that a lot of this is intentional. (laughs)
1: Rather, that, that I read um, earlier from the, the Missy thing, it goes back to there, there has been this intentional narrative um, just kind of showing us from slavery. So it's always showed us as subservient and, blah, 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 and, and less than. And so, there, like you said, kind of institutional racism. Um, so there just hasn't been enough light and, um, stories and documentaries and this, that, uh, and the other showing our greatness and our contributions to society. So I feel like, um, there just has not been a, enough light shed, um, on us as a people that is positive and uplifting and um our intelligence and our you know innovations and all of that stuff so i just feel like as you just mentioned um it, it, it's just it's just very sad it's just very sad and yeah leads you to believe that or not leads you to believe but it just goes to show that there have been very intentional messages um portrayed to the world about
0: us i it's crazy because um i think that's another thing i ended up bringing up in my foundations class with my um peers is there is so much that black people have not only created and done, but you know, there's um, one of the uh, wealthiest human beings to ever walk the earth, even wealthier, like he had more wealth when he was alive at, during his time than um, even Jeff Bezos has in comparison to his time, was an African prince or king or something. So it's like there's no. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. If you have the official name, I could Google it. But <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. So he was um, Mansa Musa. Yes. Uh, uh, he was a Sol- sultan. Um, and, you know, we've talked about this because I am very, very interested in um, shedding more light on this individual, this king. The yes. Emperor. Uh, it's what he was. So he was um a wealthy west african um uh of the mali empire and you're right to this day he's still the wealthiest um human being really on the planet so why
0: isn't that being told like where is that movie like forget jeff bezos (laughs) Where is that movie? Who, like, what did he have control over? How did he get his wealth? What did his empire look like? Like, I think that's what's so interesting is that, like, I was reading an article. um, I was watching The View. Let me rephrase that. And there's a um, scholar who wrote a book by, um, a book about Jay-Z and how Jay-Z is like the epitome of the American dream and he represents it's Jay-Z's America and I can get the um the name of that particular author but um I think Jay-Z is amazing I think we should highlight who we can highlight but Jay-Z by no means is one the first black billionaire and two there have been very successful black entrepreneurs even before like what about Madam CJ Walker? She was a millionaire during her time, which is almost unheard of. What about all the people on Black Wall Street when it came down? I, you know, so it's like pe- black people have when communities have been able to be I don't want to say separate, but be given the space to heal and grow. That's exactly what they've done. And then they've been dismantled again and again. So it's like, after a while you're like, okay, this is super um, problematic. And the author of that book was Michael Eric um, Dyson. Um, He wrote a book about Jay-Z. So it's like, I agree with you. I think, let me ask you this. What do you think can dismantle white supremacy and anti-black racism yeah
1: absolutely so um we you know i think we talked about this and uh, as you brought up um, about about Musa, so one of the things that i think and as a um as a now you know getting into education as an educator myself now is i think education is definitely the way to um eradicate Racism, well, maybe not completely eradicated, but certainly position African Americans in a way that we're no longer seen as just subservient. So one of the ways to do it is obviously to, as you mentioned, talk about this uh, this really rich history of our contributions, but make it more mandatory and inclusive in textbooks. So that is one of the things that I personally plan to take on is writing uh, a textbook chapter about people like Mansa
2: Musa right. and, uh,
1: are extremely wealthy, and have contributed so much to society today as well as the Black Moors who basically led Europeans um, out of the Dark Ages Right. So, I think <laughs> when we show we show that, we, that. <laughs> they, they did, they, did <laughs> they led them out of the Dark Ages and the Alhambra told
0: them a couple things taught them a couple things
1: them how to clean themselves because that was one of the things that was uh, rampant uh, in, in, in in France and other European countries was uncleanliness, but that's how the bubonic blade came about. So when they went, uh, the black boards were set up in, um, in Spain, um uh, that's where the alhambra is which is like this huge castle that the black moors built and they had street lighting they had paved roads this is way that is
0: you,
1: way before um anything was ever introduced
0: you know what's that funny alex that it's like it's surprising in the sense that we don't know this information, but it's not surprising knowing black people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like knowing you, you get what I'm saying Alex like know knowing us as a culture that doesn't surprise me in the least. but
1: exactly because what what is one of the things? I, and i get why you chuckled there it because it's it's like what is what are one of the things that you as a little girl are taught by your grandmother your grandparents being an african-american it's clean like this. yeah <laughs> they're like girl get it <laughs> get in there clean it and it better have some bleach you're it. like bleaching i know it's
0: like spotless
1: it's, it's spotless so like it's keep your house clean
0: keep your hair that's done what keep it, your house God, clean uh, what is it wash your she- sheets body. every day all the time wash your tap switch out towels like bleach 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 right.
1: bleach bleach so so it makes um perfect sense so i see I, I get that's what you're trying to say there is it makes perfect perfect sense that that would be kind of um, ingrained in our, because <laughs> it's in our DNA. It's a, it's in our ancestry. That's right. Many moons ago. Um. So yeah. So I think that to go back to your question is is really we really gotta rewrite the history books. We really gotta start with kids, um, early on. Yeah. Uh, to teach them instead of just having. The whole the, uh, middle passage and us coming to this country. And right. No, 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 no. We gotta go back, <laughs> back it up. Go back <laughs> to uh, Mansa Musa's uh, age. We gotta go back to the dark ages and go back to the Black wars and um, and, and and their contributions to how we got here and it's so so much so much to be taught
2: right start
1: early it's gotta it's gotta it's gotta begin um while children are young yeah so that we can ingrain in our black children particularly that hey your your story, your ancestry just didn't start at, you know, your your great 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 grands were slaves. No 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 no. Your ancestry starts way back at the Mali Empire.
2: Right, right. This.
1: Your ancestry starts at giving navigational tools to Columbus To even find the Americas.
0: We need to talk, we need to go back in time and talk to whoever did that (laughs) (laughs) and stop him. Nope, nope, don't give Christopher Columbus Jack. Yeah, yeah,
1: so I'm just like, uh, yeah. This is very, uh, we gotta start
0: there. I completely agree with you. I think education. I think education is amazing. I love knowing everything and I wish there was more stress put on being inquisitive in life and wanting to know things and wanting to investigate things that seems not to be like a really, you know, that's not emphasized and pushed in our society. And I wish it was one thing that really was pushed was um, education and being inquisitive and not just going with the status quo, but really finding out answers for yourself even when they're not presented. Well, I we're coming um close to the time um of the end of the podcast. I wanna thank Alexandria Leek from Just Past Go Networking for coming on my show to talk about race in America. Is there anything you would like to say in our final minutes, Alexandria, to the audience?
1: Um oh, I would just like to say thank you today for me um and to the audience i would just like to say do your research um <laughs> you know do your research don't just allow what is presented in uh, the media today to be your only truth right
0: there's there's more truth out there yay well thank you so much um for all to all our listeners we hope you have a wonderful um rest of your day night or evening at whatever time that you're listening to this and we will see you on the next episode of the accidental life coach have a great night or day (laughs) or
2: whatever (laughs) Bye.